Everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us part of your day. want to remind you to call Action Plumbing and get your furnace tune-up and safety check for 33 bucks. Call 801-833-3333. We're going to check in with uh, Aaron Roderick coming up here momentarily. Passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach for the BYU Cougars. Uh, news coming out of BYU over the weekend, Gordon, Devin Kafusi is going to transfer and uh, looks like he's going to transfer to Utah. Yes, uh, and uh, we've heard uh, whispers of this for uh, a bit now, and uh, we've also heard various speculations about uh, why it's happening. And, Jake, I I don't know for sure, uh, and so I don't necessarily want to talk about the rumors, but the point is that he is leaving, and I wouldn't be a bit surprised to see him right there with the Utes. So uh, maybe we'll find out a little bit more of the story as time goes along. The, the timing of it certainly is curious. I mean, a week into spring ball, that's I, I don't know if that's significant or not, but that's not usually when you see transfers. Yes. Uh, how good do you think Devin Kafusi is? Is that a major loss for the Cougars, or is it kind of something they can get by with? Uh, did you expect him to to uh, be a star his production thus far has not been terrific however i mean you know he's a kafusi <laughs> got to keep your kafusis on your on your team right because once you lose the kafusi momentum then you know you're you're in a tight spot because Utah had it for a while yeah. with Jason, right? And I then mean, it, I it, think BYU ha- didn't BYU have it initially, and then Utah had it for a while, and then BYU had it. And now might be heading back the other way. I guess I don't know, but it's it's certainly been one of the first families of Utah football, Indeed, like the state man. of Utah. Football. It is the Kafusi connection. It is so, uh, but uh, yeah, he's he's transferring, and I, I certainly think it's a, a loss for BYU. I mean, he he's got a lot of potential. I mean, I think he's. He's got some improving to do. There's no doubt about it. But I mean, I, I'm sure he was in the plan for Coach Sataki, and yeah. now he's got to uh, got to adjust and, and go find somebody else to fill that role. So that's I, I'm I'm certain that the coaching staff wasn't thrilled with that information. How do you how would you rate uh, the performance of the defensive coaches for BYU? Um, I think they've done a good job. Um, I, I don't think I'd use the word great. Certainly wouldn't use the word bad. They I'd, certainly have struggled to put pressure on the quarterback. Right. Uh, but, I mean, there was, what, Kalani's first year when they generated all those turnovers, and uh, we haven't seen that really repeated. However, we have seen some good defensive performances. I I don't think they've had the talent on defense that they've had, you know, in the past. Well, that tends to make a difference. Especially up front. We've talked a lot about that. But if you take Utah, since you brought them up, uh, you know, they, they get a lot of credit for signing two- and three-star type athletes and then turning them into NFL guys, right? I mean, which school would you go to? Which program would you go to if, you, if both schools were recruiting you 
and you were evaluating the overall sort of opportunity that that program would present for you moving forward. Because all these guys dream of playing in the NFL. That's what they want to do. That's their intention. Uh, is the I would I would ask is there room for me? I mean the the defensive line room at Utah is so crowded. Yeah, you don't want to go in there and then sit the bench the whole time, huh? right? I mean, remember uh, who was it? Uh, Stevie, um, what, oh, yeah, how, what yeah, was his yeah, last yeah, name? Yeah. Who ended up at uh, Tui Kolovatu? Am I saying that no, right? No, it, it wasn't. Uh, who ended up at ended up at USC? Yeah, because you know he couldn't play his way onto the field. The The position group was uh, was that crowded. All right, let's talk a little uh, BYU spring ball out to the sprint special guest line we go. He is the passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach for BYU. He's Aaron Roderick with us on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Coach, good afternoon. How are you? Doing well. How are you guys? We're doing all right. Uh, Aaron, how's it feel to be talking to, uh, to Jake, uh, a guy who has uh, – Forgotten a lot about a f- about football, but he's never known as much as you've forgotten. <laughs> wow, that was. I think I lost you on that. I, I lost him on that. I think one. I lost myself. What on was the that point one. of that question? <laughs> I was trying to make fun of you. I'm still mad about the Girl Scout thing, Aaron. These guys don't like Girl Scout cookies. That's I, not I, what we said. We said it doesn't deserve uh, its own radio segment. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this this does. How's it going so far? From what you've been Good. able to evaluate. It's going well, you know. I mean, everybody's optimistic in spring ball, right? So, every uh, but it really has been good. We've had we just finished our fifth practice and um, getting a lot of good work done. And it's nice to be uh, year three in the same offense with virtually the same staff and a lot of veteran players that that have been with us three years now. So it's just uh, feels feels good to sort of be way ahead of where we've been in the past after five practices. You know, Aaron, one of the, now that you bring that up, I want to ask you about it. The, the offense is the same, but this thing has definitely evolved from what it was initially, right? And that I think that's, yeah. that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, we've evolved for sure. I mean, we've learned to uh, adapt to who our best players are. and um, But the language that we use, the language that we speak is, has stayed the same. We've just evolved our schemes and our formations and personnel groups to, to fit, you know, who our best players are. And, um, and most of all, we try to, you always try to suit the scheme to who your quarterback, you know, who your, your quarterbacks are and so, and what they can do. So, um, but, so yes, it's evolved, but it's the same language. It's the same words and, 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 uh, basic, you know, fundamental skills and the drills that we do, it's third year doing those. And, and so it's just, it's nice uh, to be five practices in and you come out here to practice and everybody knows right what we're doing right away with no, that doesn't need any explanation. We just get right to work. Uh, how hard of a decision is it going to eventually be when you decide on a starting quarterback, given the experience in that room for your squad right now? You've got a, you know, three guys that can win football games for you. That's got to be, the process can't be easy. Yeah, it's competitive and um, it's it's the hardest part of any coach's job is making the tough decisions about who to play. And, you know, you, you can rotate receivers and running backs and left guard and nobody says a word. And as soon as you change quarterbacks, it's like, you know, a huge story, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a battle and these guys are competing their butts off and making each other better. And, um, well, Jaron and Zach are Baylor hasn't practiced yet, but, um, he's still out, but, 
Jaron and Zach have been going at it, and it's been it's been really competitive and fun to watch. Some people have speculated that it is Zach Wilson's job uh, to lose, essentially. Would you phrase it like that, or is this thing, in fact, wide, wide open? It's always wide open, and I, I get offended at the uh, thought that coaches just, you know, that it's just decided who the guy is. I mean, we like if we don't win, I lose my job. So I play the I always play who I think gives us the best chance to win. And I've always done that my whole career, whether I was coaching wide receivers or quarterbacks or whatever. Every coach at this level puts the guy on the field that he thinks gives him the best chance to win that game on that Saturday, you know, against that opponent. And and um, and it's earned in practice. And sometimes coaches get it wrong. It's not like, it's not like you always make the right decision. Sometimes, sometimes after a while you – you learn things about guys, but um, I mean, I'm, I'm always creating competition and always evaluating and every single day, every position in this whole program is up for grabs and guys, guys that every position in this program understand just because you earn a job doesn't mean you just have it for the whole season. You got to perform on Saturdays to keep it. And, and uh, that's what we're doing right now in spring is we're earning the right to play in that first game. So you really don't know who it is, whatsoever. Uh, no, I, I mean right now it's Jaron. Right now it's Jaron or Zach because they're the two that are practicing. So it'll be, you know, if, if if Baylor ever joins, if he's ever able to go, then we'll we'll see what he can do. But right now it's it's Jaron or Zach, and they're both doing a really good job. What does it do for these quarterbacks in your passing game to have a guy like Matt Bushman back? Oh, it's great. Yeah, Matt's a good player, and um, and I think. Uh, he, he's believe it or not, he's one of the most improved players on our team after five practices, and, and that's saying a lot because he's been a good player for us. But he, uh, when he made the decision to come back, he had some long conversations with a, a couple of the coaches, a couple of us, and I was one of them. And he he told me if I come back, I want to know that you guys can help me get better, and want you to be honest with me about my deficiencies and want to get better. And so we've. Uh, We've really spent some time on some of his deficiencies, and he—he's I mean, shown great improvement already in five practices at just route running and being able to release against against press man coverage. And he's—he's um, he's improved already. It's pretty pretty cool to see one of your best players also be one of your most improved players. It sets a great example for the younger guys. Aaron, the team as a whole was young last year. Uh, I know you're losing some receivers and whatnot, but uh, do, does this team feel like it will have a veteran presence uh, this next time around? Well, that's what we're talking about. I mean, we got to prove it. You know, it doesn't just happen. But um, you know, I I look. I've, I've mentioned this to our team the other day about how the season our basketball team is having right now. I view that as. Uh, you know, a bunch of veteran players who have played a lot of basketball together, and this is their moment, right? This has been their year. And, um, you know, T.J. Hawes has been a good player his whole career, but he's never been what he is right now, right? Like, the game has slowed down for him, and he's just in control. And we've been talking about we've got a bunch of three-year starters now that the game should be, the game should be a lot, you know, the game should slow down for us. The game should be... We're in a situation now where we're in control of what we're doing and we our execution level should go up. And that's our expectation, but we got to go out and prove it.
How's your synergy with Coach Grimes now that you've uh, kind of had a year uh, in your role as passing game coordinator? It's great. It's actually actually two full years two. now, going into year three. Yeah, so um, really really good. We we have a great working relationship, and um, we've you know he's he's an excellent coach. I've learned a ton from him. Um, I hope I hope he feels like he's maybe learned a couple things from me, and we've we've been able to work well together. Um, he's a can't say enough about what kind of character he has and he's all about um just wanting to win and do whatever it takes to win and so we've we've gotten along really well and and uh we have a a great working relationship Aaron, I've gathered from conversations and uh and from just observing this offense that you have you've gotten this thing to the point now where you can sort of it's like a dragster that you can open up all the way. Am I reading that right? And how would you explain that? Um, that's what I hope happens this year. I think we're close to that. I mean, we obviously had we won played better in the last two games of last season. I'd probably feel a little uh, probably feel a little better about saying yes to that question, but. You know, we ended the season on not a great note. Um, played poorly on offense against San Diego State, and then we played pretty well on offense against Hawaii with a couple of uh, really critical errors in that game that cost us. And so, um, yeah, I think I think we're on the verge of being a really good offense, but um, we're not there yet, and we got to stay hungry to prove it. But with the veteran players returning, I think I, th- I think we have a chance to um, be a little bit more. Uh, I don't want to say more wide open. I don't know if that's necessarily the word because it wasn't like we were being conservative last year. But um, we just have we can mix and match more pieces this year. We can do a few more things um, in, in our pass protections and our run blocking schemes because we have a lot of guys who have played played uh, played a lot of football for us. We asked you, Aaron, about uh, Zach Wilson. Uh, he's obviously a talented fellow. But you mentioned a couple of the mistakes. The, the the interceptions are always easy to spot. And when you have a talented quarterback who has thrown some some interceptions at key moments that hurt uh, the team's chance to win, how do you handle that? How do you uh, how do you work through that? And does it give you pause to maybe think about giving somebody else the opportunity? You know. Well, the, the first thing is that we have to take ownership of every interception we throw. You know, sometimes you make a bad decision and you throw it to the other team and you own that. Sometimes you make a good decision and a defensive lineman gets his hand up and tips the ball and, you know, or, or you throw a perfect ball and a receiver drops it and it gets intercepted. I mean, but we, no matter what, we own every one of them and we take responsibility for those mistakes. And, and, uh, Zach's been accountable and, and, uh, and so that's been good. But, um, you know, I, I think, you know, having a perfect bowl game or whatever you want to call it his freshman year, I think might have been the worst thing that ever happened to him because I think the expectation uh, for him, not, not that it didn't go to his head, he's a humble kid, but I think the expectations for him grew out of control. They grew to an unrealistic level, and then he was injured the entire offseason. So he missed all of spring ball. He wasn't in the weight room getting bigger and stronger with his teammates. He missed all of summer conditioning. And he finally started throwing in fall camp and really wasn't throwing, playing full speed until the week of the Utah game. And, and so I wasn't really surprised that 
he had a few bumps in the road last year. And he had some great games, too, though. I mean, winning at Tennessee and beating USC at home, I mean, those are some huge, some of the biggest wins in school history. But to me, it wasn't shocking that he had a couple of, you know, some growing pains. And so, um, you know, I think the way to answer your question about those interceptions, I think you just put it in perspective that it's all part of the process. And as long as you can learn from those and show improvement this spring and this fall, then, uh, you know, then it wasn't, it was, wasn't all for nothing. You know, you're learning from it. And, but yeah, we're competing every day and he's got to play better than the other guys if he wants to keep his job. And the other guys know that if they can outperform him, they'll get their shot. But right now it's just him and Jaron. You know, uh, Jake, uh, A-Rod really has probably forgotten more about football than we've ever known. Correct. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's true. You know, I always, big... I always wonder where that compliment came from because it's kind of a backhanded compliment suggesting <laughs> that you've forgotten a lot about football. That's yeah. true. <laughs> it's a way to end the interview on that. Gordon, good job. I, no, I have great respect for A-Rod. You know, everybody knows he's he's a whiz uh, kid. He's not a kid anymore, but, you know, he knows a lot about what he's doing. But I was just trying to think in all my conversations with you, Jake, how your knowledge compares with his, and I think you're at, on the short end of that stick. Coach, uh, thanks for joining us, and sorry the start and finish of this interview was so incredibly awkward. Thanks anyway. Hey, wait, wait, wait. Hey, Rod, do you have no a problem, fa- guys. Do you have a favorite hey. Girl Scout cookie? Do you, do you, do you have a favorite? Yeah, the Samoa by far. Okay. It's oh. not, not even, is that, is that, that's the one, right? The coconut with yeah, the striped yeah. chocolate sides? Yeah, that's that's yeah. a good one. Yep. Hands right. the, 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 the mints are good, but the Samoa is my favorite. Okay. Yeah. Coach, thank you very yeah, much. They'll be, they'll be posted up at the Harmons outside, right, right by my house. I'll be there. <laughs> Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Coach. That's Coach Aaron Roderick uh, with us here on the Big Show on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. That was so weird. I know. It's, it's, a, good so thing weird. That, it's a good thing that we know Aaron as well as we do, or else that might have been the last interview was, ever. <laughs> why are you trying to insult me? At the at the beginning teasing. of the interview, insult. You were I'm trying. I'm not insulting you. That's a strong uh, way of saying it. I'm just teasing you. Okay. All right. Well, it came off kind of strange. Yeah, it did. <laughs> it came off a little bit convoluted and kind of uh, messed up, actually. I don't don't think that one landed, as they say. But you <laughs> was know, was that a thrown punch? It, it that, was uh, swing and a miss. Hard? But you know, you miss every shot you don't take there, Gordon. All right, I'm going to go pout now. All right. Joining us now in studio is our good friend Gabe from Syringa Networks. And, you know, it's it's important what you guys do because you help uh, everybody do their business on a daily basis. And, you know, we take that for granted sometimes. That's right. As a local telecommunications company, uh, telecom is really everything these days. Uh, connecting to the Internet, uh, having uh, the right voice products, those sorts of things, it really what, what makes or breaks a business these days. And that's what Syringa Networks does. It provides high-quality networks, uh, locally supported, 7x24, access to all of our technicians, our network operations center. All these uh, things are housed here in Utah, ready to service the, the, the business clientele in the Utah state. How many folks do you talk to uh, out there who are just frustrated uh, with the, their current provider because they're somewhere else and their IT support is somewhere else? And uh, I'm sure you run into a lot of those folks. Yeah, it's a really common uh, thing in, in the business community to uh, uh, to hear those types of complaints where these businesses are trying to get a hold of somebody to uh, take care of an issue or problem that they're having that's really 
making it so that the performance of their network isn't where it needs to be. And you had then once you get a hold of them, trying to get that to, them to resolve that for you on a timely basis, it's a really common frustration among amongst businesses, and that's where we're really different from our our competition in that we have all these types of personnel staff here locally, and we're we're really here to to support Utah businesses with their telecom needs. All right, syringanetworks.net. Find out what Syringa can do for you. That's S-Y-R-I-N-G-A, syringanetworks.net. Gabe, thank you so much. Thank you, guys. PK joins us live from Vegas. Coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Tim McComb, former basketball coach at collegiate level. I think this is the year BYU wins that tournament. Wins the tournament? They'll be cutting down the nets on Tuesday. I really, really believe it. I think just the way that team is loving the moment, it's just amazing. They're feeling no pressure. I honestly believe guy for guy, they're better than everybody else in the league. You know, I called the Gonzaga win two weeks before. You did? I just don't think anybody's playing as good a ball as they're playing. I'm not going saying this team's going to the Final Four, but I think they're playing as good a basketball as anybody in their league, and they're on something special right now. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Want to remind you to listen this Wednesday on Win Ticket Wednesday for your chance to win tickets to the uh, to go see Brad Paisley. Uh, Paisley is lining up another leg of his Love and War supporting tour for 2020, and he's bringing along plenty of friends and special guests to help make it uh, the year's most fun country show. Your chance to see him live with special guests Jordan Davis and Gabby Barrett is Saturday, May 30th at USANA Amphitheater. Tickets on sale now. Purchase your tickets at LiveNation.com or simply listen to the station on Wednesday for your chance to win. We're going to go talk to a guy who probably knows every word of this song. Stairway to Heaven? No, PK's uh, he's a country guy. If it was Travis Tritt or something, I would think that might be the case. Uh, I, I bet he could he could do it. Joining us from Vegas, Patrick Kinahan. Hi, PK. I want you to remember that fat bottom girls make the rocking world go round. Uh, yeah, the I believe Queen said that, yeah. <laughs> so get on your bikes and ride. How's and... The- also, I'm not done yet. Be quiet. If you want to hear the music ever, I want you to YouTube the Kennedy Center. Led Zeppelin was being honored at the Kennedy Center, and Hart came out and did a version of Stairway to Heaven with a complete orchestra and choir. It is one of the top five pieces of music I've ever seen, and I want you to YouTube it. And I promise you, you will feel the same way. Mm. All right. Well, it is, isn't Stairway to Heaven like the preeminent rock ballad of all time? I think so. Uh, you know, you can obviously make a strong case. Uh, there's uh, some Beatles tunes that would be in there. But if you want that one, this is the certainly, without question, without question, the best cover of all time. This piece of music that they played with Led Zeppelin, the three surviving members, in the audience. And Jason Bonham, John Bonham's son, who was the drummer, and Jason was playing drums during the song. 
and he gets to the point of choked up of having tears in his eyes. Hmm. I'm, I'm dead serious. You should check out this. It is just an absolute brilliant piece of music. All right. It was heart. Okay. Yes. And it's, right. yeah, it's the Kennedy Center honors. They do those Kennedy Center things, and usually the president is there and all sorts of dignitaries, and they honor people. And Page and Jones, they were there. And it, it is just it, with a full choir and orchestra. It's... All right. I think we might have lost PK. Did we lose him? Let's put PK on hold here, and we'll see if we can't uh, reconnect with him. I've never seen the uh, video he's talking about, but I, I will definitely look it up now. PK down in Vegas for the West Coast Conference Tournament. We'll, uh, we'll talk some BYU basketball with PK uh, once we get him back as they're uh, in action tonight, taking on St. Mary's at the Orleans. Uh, Tip-off, I believe, Gordon, 930, if, uh, if yes. I'm not mistaken. So late, uh, late the, late, uh, the late tip. Uh, PK joins us now. PK, you got us? I hope so. You know, I'm driving to the arena to watch the first game and Vegas, there's like 9 trillion people, so probably all these cell phones or what have you. I heard you the whole time, but I understand I was breaking up, which is a shame because I have so much to offer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's talk a little basketball, PK. Do you think nine days off is going to have an ill effect on this Cougar team? Uh, You know, I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, They they were going well, but, you know, maybe they needed some time off to regroup a little bit. Depends on how they play, obviously. I mean, that just seems so obvious. If they play well, then no, they didn't need the time off. And, and uh, if they don't, then, then no, yeah, you can blame it on that. But nevertheless, that's what the schedule called for, and they've known about it for weeks and weeks and months. So you got to find a way to overcome it. They've got a lot at stake. So I don't want to hear about this layoff being the issue if they should lose. The thing about this team, PK, is they've got those shooters, and they're very efficient from uh... – from the perimeter, and uh, if that fails, they can dump it into Yoli, and uh, that usually spells trouble for whoever they're playing. Yeah, they're very diversified. They're not just a perimeter three-point shooting team. They can do that, but not just Yoli. Jake Toulson, for guard, can get himself down at the low block and use a bunch of moves and use his body and his strength because he's a fifth-year senior, and you know that body is well-developed, and he's a muscular, strong kid. So Agnoli just is so good down below. I mean, he's, the number of moves, he's like a poor man's Olajuwon or McHale back in the day in the NBA. Because, and he's so light on his feet. He's such a marvelous player. PK with us live from Vegas covering the WCC tournament for us uh, here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I know you did a one-on-one with Jake Toulson, I think it was uh, a couple of weeks ago, and you got into Right before the last home game, yeah. Yeah, you got into his story a little bit. Just how big has it been for this team that they added a player of his caliber and he's fit in so well? Yeah, absolutely essential. It's the most critical addition to the team, and they have some guys that they added, uh, you know, him and, and... And Barcelos, obviously, are the two. But I think he was able, having been there, and and the thing about Utah Valley is it's so close, so the kids play with basketball with each other and pick up games and whatnot. So the assimilation was virtually seamless. And very rarely do you have a conference player of the year come in. Did I lose you? Yeah, you're You're back now. Mm -hmm. Oh, good. Uh, Because it's an excellent question, Jake. Thanks for asking it. Uh, The simulation has just been seamless. And not only that, I mean, he's obviously provided all sorts of scoring. 
But it's clearly, and Steve Cleveland brought this up. We have him on our show every week, and I talked to him about it. And the burden that has been lifted off of T.J. Hawes' shoulders because of the addition of Jake Solson and Barcelo to a lesser extent has allowed him to really flourish as a playmaker. And so the entire perimeter success of the offense from the perimeter perspective doesn't rest on T.J.'s shoulders, and it's also allowed him to be a playmaker that has been as good as anybody has seen. And when I say that, obviously Jimmer was incredible. But I'm talking about playmaking for other guys. Jimmer was awesome for setting himself up, and then he could set up other guys too. But Hawes can set up other guys in a manner. I mean, in that last game of the season, he had 13 assists and two turnovers. For a college game in a 40-minute game, that 13 assists is incredible with only two turnovers. So the addition of Toulson has helped the team, and it has helped TJ in particular. PK, uh, speaking of Toulson, there's a quality that he seems to have uh, that uh, as as bled over to the rest of the team. Uh, tell me what you think about this. I mean, he looks like the kid next door, right? But he has a tough a tough quality to him that, and the entire team seems to have that. Would you agree? Yes, and I think Jake Tolson certainly has it. As you know, Gordon, he's from the Phoenix areas, and all people from Phoenix are mean SOBs that take no prisoners at any time. And Jake Tolson, having gone through what he's gone through, which is a lot, that's been well-documented, his off-the-court issues. And when I had an opportunity to talk to him, you could just see it. He's a tough-minded kid. And you need kids who, you know, if you could combine a kid who's really skilled and talented with the mental toughness, then you got something special. And that's what Jake Toulson has added. There was the game, what was it, St. Mary's? He went down and looked like his ankle or whatever it was was going to be really awful. And he came back. He, he threw some mud on it, taped it up came back a few minutes later. I mean, this kid is really, really tough, and you need guys like that. You need highly skilled guys, which obviously Yoli is a highly skilled player, and then you need some tough-minded kids that are going to run through walls. And let me add Zach Selyus this year, too. Dalton Nixon has added that, too, and hopefully he's not supposed to play tonight. Hopefully he gets back soon. But these seniors realize that this is their last chance. I think only Nixon is the only kid who's played in the NCAA tournament, and he did that his freshman year before his mission. None of these other kids have been able to do it. And the toughness that they have shown this year has just been incredible. And they're going to get rewarded with it, obviously, with an NCAA tournament birth. And we'll see what happens tonight and tomorrow. How tough do you think the St. Mary's team is going to be tonight? I think St. Mary's is an excellent team. In my mind, there's no question. You take BYU, Gonzaga, and St. Mary's, and obviously Gonzaga – but BYU and St. Mary's, too, you put them in the Pac-12 this year, and they're competing for first place. So St. Mary's has this Ford kid. I don't know how many of our listeners, I assume they saw him when uh, BYU played him, but if you're paying attention now, if you're sort of new to the arena, he looks like a Steph Curry-type player, and he's got college Steph Curry range. And then they got this kid, Fitz, that is, I've seen him. He's a smooth shooting forward, and he's been out on uh, mock drafts. I've seen him out there, too. What they lack, I think, this year is the excellent big man that they've had in the past. And so maybe BYU can exploit that. But uh, St. Mary's is a very much a quality team here. I mean, they, they, when I was subbing for Gordon a few weeks back, Jake was looking up their scores. And they beat Arizona State, which finished third in the Pac-12. They beat them by 40 in Phoenix on a neutral floor, not in Tempe. But they beat them by 40. So come on, man. This is a really good team. How would you evaluate P.K., Mark Pope's performance in his first year at BYU? What effect has he had 
on this group? Uh, he's been exactly what they needed. I mean, his enthusiasm. And he's got all sorts of credibility. You know, he won a national title at uh, Kentucky, and I covered him in the NCAAs because the youth played him that year back in Minneapolis. And he has played in the NBA. And look what he did at Utah Valley, man. He took a program that was down and by its fourth year. A third year is winning 20 games, and he uh, increased it by 20-plus games. His wife is uh, the daughter of the late Lynn Archibald. People should know him. Longtime college coach. She knows everything about basketball. Her brothers played it at a high level, all that stuff. And so they've really created that family atmosphere that has allowed these guys to thrive. And Mark, he's a genius at uh, interpersonal skills. He is absolutely sensational. He once told me to get some coverage for Utah Valley. He told me he'd send a limo to my house if I came to the game. That's the way he is. Did you I mean, do he it? Just knows, uh, I, you know, I wanted to make sure. I, I don't know if I've ever told you, Gordon, but I came from a uh, family of uh, janitors, and so I've never been in a limousine, unlike you. And I didn't want to break that streak. So I passed on that because it's just not my way to say that I've been in a limousine because I've never known how the Monson family has lived, and it just wouldn't be right to have myself in a limousine. And can I add a story to that? Is it okay, guys, with your permission? Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My father... You know, dropped out of high school, worked two jobs as a janitor my whole life growing up. It, my mother, in Las Vegas, where I'm at right now, obviously, she won a car on a slot machine. My family is hard, hardcore gamblers. Well, the car that she won, they didn't have the color. So they, she went home. They flew her back with my father to Vegas because they had to get the car shipped in. And they picked him up in the middle of winter. And it was like a, the rare snow was falling, and they picked him up in a limousine at the airport. And my father had the the window down. It's like sleet, rain and snow coming down. It's in the 40s in Las Vegas. The driver says to my father, what are you doing, man? Look at the weather. Why you got the window down in a limousine? He said, I've never been in a limousine before, and I want people to see that I'm in a limousine. So he drove to the hotel from the airport. Hmm. So he wanted to be seen in the limo. He wanted to be seen because he knew that was going to be the one and only time he was going to be in a limousine. So he wanted people to see him to think, hey, look at me. I'm finally somebody. I made it. I'm in a limousine. Yeah, absolutely. It's the one and only time he was in a limo. Now, just so we have this straight, I want to make it clear in my mind and all our listeners' minds. Now, you say your father was a janitor? He was, Gordon. I don't think I've ever explained that to you. I think I may have overlooked that. In some of my upbringing. You want to know why I am the way that I am? Look at my father, and I bear my father's name. And go look at my Twitter if you want to know what he looked like as a young man. The pitcher, that's him. Yeah. I think I've, you know, you're reiterating because I've heard that maybe 50,000 times, but it's okay. What, the, the limousine story? No, that your father was a janitor. <laughs> you know, PK, ooh, ooh, it makes me wonder, ooh. It really makes me wonder. Uh, you know, and I was a freaking idiot as a kid because I was embarrassed because he didn't have this glamorous job. And and I got older, and I thought, my gosh, my father was everything that I've ever wanted to be because he busted his butt for 60 years to try to give his kids as much as he could, and he didn't have much. 
And like an idiot, I was embarrassed when I was in high school. My gosh, I could just punch myself in the face because to this day, he's my role model. Well, P.K., we appreciate you coming on and uh, chatting with us for a bit. Enjoy the game tonight. We'll be dialed in tomorrow morning to uh, DJ and P.K. Yeah, I'm looking forward. I hope the Cougs win. I want to see a uh, Gonzaga-BYU matchup. I think it'll be great for the West Coast Conference. Thanks, P.K. All right, see you guys. All right, P.K., proud son. And the ooh, it makes me wonder, is from Stairway to Heaven. You don't say. P.K. didn't really say anything about that. I'm not sure he picked up it. I, I'm sure, he is proud I'm of sure his dad. he did. He's very proud of his father, as he should be. All right. Uh, we want to uh, remind you about our friends at uh, Divi. Divi, the modern financial platform for business. See how you can spend smarter at getdivi.com. We'll wrap up the big show coming up next. Get you ready for Jazz Game Night pregame show straight ahead here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Merrill is something Utah State has never had, where he is like your guy. He embodies everything about Utah State. He wanted from day one to be an Aggie, went there, helped turn over a culture. There's all these different things that make Utah State basketball really special historically, but now you've got this. And this is every bit of the Van Horn, every bit of the Jimmer, every bit of that. This guy embodying your program, and he is your star. That second half was one of the best conference tournament games I've ever seen. That shot, he was so far behind the three-point line. I thought, anyone else shooting that? And you go, what are you doing? Wonderful, wonderful moment. Kudos to Utah State going back-to-back conference tournament champs. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Wrapping up the big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280. The Zone uh, coming up right around the corner. Ben Anderson going to jump in. It'll be your Jazz Game Night pregame show. It's going to be a big one. Jazz and Raptors. And remember, Gordon, last time these two teams uh, met, the Jazz were down 40 at half. So, Yes, that was a bit of a lopsided uh, treatment on the part of the Raptors toward the Jazz. Now, and tonight, look, Jake. Norman Powell has been on an absolute tear lately. So watch out for that guy and Kyle Lowry. Uh, that that guard line is going to cause the Jazz some trouble. Yes, they cause lots of teams trouble. They're yeah. good. They're, they're really good. And, and I haven't even gotten to Siakam. But, you know, he's obviously great. See, I, I won't uh, tell you that uh, or guarantee that the Jazz are going to win, but I'll tell you this. It's going to go better than it did last time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm <laughs> pretty uh, sure I, I make that. a bet that the Jazz will not be trailing by 40 at halftime tonight. That will not happen. Well, we'll see if the Jazz can keep their momentum going because they seem to either win or lose. <laughs> yeah, right. Either win or lose in bulk. Yeah. The Jazz are the they they are like the uh, the Costco of the NBA. In bulk, either it, wins or losses. Yes. Wow. Right. Uh, that's that's one of your better comparisons, Gordon. Yeah, that works. It does. When they win, they win and win and win and win and win. Right. When they lose, they lose and lose and lose and lose and lose. You go to one grocery store for one win or a loss, but uh, you go to Costco <laughs> and you want them in bunches. <laughs> yeah. Give me a pallet of wins, please. However, you don't want to be hauling losses out of there. 
Yeah. Because they're expensive. All right. Uh, joining us now, he is our friend Gabe and hanging out with us from Syringa Networks. And Gabe, we've been, uh, you know, of course, helping folks with their telecommunications, but we've been uh, talking a lot about privacy today, too. Yeah, about the cybersecurity. Uh, it's, a, it's a big topic. A lot of... Uh, a lot of activity around that uh, that sort of uh, topic, but uh, we find that a lot of businesses are not necessarily prepared and fully uh, understand what it what it takes to to mitigate or to fend off some of these uh, some of these attacks that may occur. Gabe, doesn't every company just and every individual really wants good good service? That's what they want. They want reliable stuff that they can count on, and as you mentioned, that's secure. At the end of the day, that that is exactly what everyone wants, and really, at the end of the day, really deserves right. Uh, when you're when you're paying for a service, you want to make sure it works. You want to make sure it's reliable. You want to make sure it's secure, and that's what Syringa Networks uh, does for the business community in Utah. And time is money for these businesses. So if something does go wrong, heaven forbid, you know, as you try and fix it, I mean, that's money down the drain. It really is, and then so that local response that Spring Networks offers, uh, you know, that that shaves off uh, minutes, hours, sometimes even days, compared to our our competitors who have all their call centers, everything, either offshore or somewhere away from from the from the state of Utah. So, um, all that stuff really matters. Uh, check them out. Find out what Syringa Networks can do for you. Uh, go online, syringanetworks.net. That's S-Y-R-I-N-G-A, syringanetworks.net. And, Gabe, we uh, love it when you have a chance to come in and visit. We appreciate you, man. It's good to see you, Gabe. Thank you, guys. It's always great hanging out with you all. Thanks, Gabe. That's Gabe from Syringa Networks. Again, syringanetworks.net. Uh, Jazz Game Night pregame show starts next. You're on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I knew that was about the end of it. So long, farewell.